Hey there, it's Amy. Welcome to Tripcast. Encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. So last week, I got up, grabbed myself a cup of coffee and my husband's Bible, and found myself in the book of 1 Samuel. And it kind of struck me as very much us. And by us, I mean humans. First and Second Samuel are named after the person that God used to basically establish monarchy in Israel. He was a prophet who spoke to the people of Israel, sharing God's message, instructions, led them into battle, led them in victories. So Samuel was easily God's representative in this period of Israel's history. The other two main characters in the book, which you may know, are Saul and David. Personally, I have often skipped past the beginning and straight into David's life. I mean, the guy seriously had a lot going on. He had a crazy beginning. He was called as a shepherd boy to be king. He did a whole bunch of dumb things, and then he did a whole lot of really good things. And he was almost murdered a few times in between. So he has a very colorful life. But the person I want to focus on today is you. You might be wondering, well, I'm not written about in the book of Samuel. So what could possibly be interesting about plugging my life into the book of Samuel? Well, let's read a little bit, and then I bet you'll find yourself somewhere within these words. A little backstory is that Samuel had two sons, and he was kind of getting up there in age. His two sons had been appointed to help govern the people. But in chapter 8 of 1 Samuel, it says that his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, and they accepted bribes, and they perverted justice. Well, that pretty much sounds a whole lot like today's politics, right? So after all of this craziness was going on, the elders of Israel, they got together and had a little powwow, and they came to Samuel, and they said that, hey, you know, you're getting old, your sons are not following your ways, give us a king. And that's pretty much the nutshell version of their conversation. So they wanted someone to rule them as a king. Well, Samuel gets really disheartened at hearing this, and he really tries to warn them, telling them that whatever king that reigns over them is going to want to claim his rights as king, to take their property, to make their sons part of his army, to take their daughters as property, and to tax them like crazy. So Samuel tells them this stuff, and it says all the way in verse 19, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with the king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. Like as if God wasn't really fighting their battles already, right? He had already taken out the Philistines and restored the Ark of the Covenant, but you know, They wanted what they wanted. Okay, so this is where we come in. I want what somebody else has. How many times in life have we been going along, pretty much minding our own business, just fine, and then we see something that somebody else has, and the Bible talks about this as coveting, wanting what someone else has, and the people in Israel had such a problem. They wanted to be like everybody else. They wanted a king who was going to lead them out in battle, They wanted to fit in. Well, how bad do you want to fit in is the question. When I was in junior high, I so badly wanted to fit in with the cool kids. I was kind of in the middle. I wasn't really a jock. I wasn't like super duper smart. I was just sort of average, 
hung out with my friends and my cousins, enjoyed life. Well, I wanted to be in with the cool kids and I wanted the shoes like the cool kids had. I wanted the clothes that they had. I wanted the haircuts that they had. And truth be told, all I really wanted to do was just blend in. It was not in my nature to stand out or call attention to myself. (laughs) Having extremely curly, long hair, that didn't help my cause at all. On windy days, it blew all over the place like a tumbleweed. And on rainy days, it frizzed out like nobody's business. And I just longed to have that perfectly straight hair. Well, one thing that I noticed that a lot of girls who had straight hair also had were bangs. Do you see where this is going? Well, I had a friend who told me that she knew how to cut hair. I mean, of course she did. She was like 13, right? So she knew what she was doing. So one afternoon, I was hanging out at her house, and I decided to let her cut my hair. This was also the same friend that I had let iron my hair. Yes, ironing board and all. So we get my hair wet, and I'm sitting in her mom's bathroom. Well, actually, we were pretty much hiding in her bathroom because we knew that we would be in so much trouble if our moms found out. Well, she pulled some of my hair down in the front, proceeded to eyeball it, and then snip, snip, snip. She said, I think that's about right. And then we let it dry. (laughs) Well, needless to say, the curly came back with a vengeance. She thought she had trimmed my bangs just to my eyebrows. But what we did not take into account was the fact that as my hair dried, it was going to shrink up. The bangs that I ended up with were probably about an inch and a half from my hairline. I mean, it was so bad at the time, all we could do was laugh. I mean, I guess my other option was cry, but we laughed. That is until we realized that in a few short hours, I would be seeing my mother face to face. And I can still hear the way that she would say, Amy Nicole, what have you done? You see, I thought that I knew exactly what I wanted, just like the Israelites. The only difference was, I did not have a voice of reason sitting with us in the bathroom as my friend cut my hair. Although it probably wouldn't have mattered much because, as in the case of the Israelites, Samuel told them exactly what was going to happen and they still didn't listen. This is what I mean by, this story is us, 2AT. We think that we know what we want. We think we know what's best. And sometimes we seek out a little bit of good advice, like the elders did, pretty much so we can just say, well, I talked to so-and-so, I weighed the options, and then I made the choice I wanted to make in the beginning, right? That's what we do. They went to Samuel. They said, here's what we like. And he came back with, here's what's going to happen if you get what you want. Now, we don't always get the luxury of having somebody say, If you go in this direction, then this is what's going to be the outcome. However, when we consult the word of God and we get the outcome or at least the potential outcome based on what we read about other people, what they've gone through or experiences, we still oftentimes are so strong-willed that we go in the direction that we want to go in. When the people demanded a king and Samuel talked to God and they had a little conversation, Samuel was really upset because he felt like this was basically the people breaking covenant with God. 
they were rejecting God as their king because they just wanted to be like everybody else. They wanted to do the things the way that the other nations around them were doing things, and they didn't even care what the cost was. Even though God had consistently, time and time again, stepped in, taking care of them, providing for them, and doing so much more than a natural king would even be able to do, but they didn't care. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. You see, God wants our hearts. He wants obedience. But we find ourselves becoming slaves to things that we choose. And this is exactly how we often find ourselves in addictions. These choices that we make, we go in a direction that we want, and we follow the leading of what our desires might be, and then we find ourselves in a really horrible situation of bondage within our hearts and our minds. There were so many consequences that the people didn't foresee when Saul became their king, but the Lord allowed them to go down this path. Why? Why does God let us have free will? Clearly, we don't know what we're doing. I mean, there have been plenty of times in my own life when I've been the brat throwing a fit, just wanting what I want. I don't care if it's going to affect other people. I don't care if it's going to cost more money than I have. I just want my way. But these people would not stop. So the Lord's response in 1 Samuel 8.22 is kind of a scary thing to hear. And this is what the Lord told Samuel, obey their voice, let them lead, make them a king. And basically what he does is ends up allowing their desires to run their course. And the king that comes into play is immature and petty at best and jealous, hot tempered and murderous at his worst. Unfortunately, it doesn't take King Saul a very long time to fall from grace. He is rash and disobedient, and he is rebuked by the Lord through Samuel. And as he and Samuel are having a conversation in which Samuel tells him in chapter 13, verse 13, you have not kept the command of the Lord your God. If you would have, you would have had your kingdom established over Israel for all time, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. I guess what scares me is how many things have I missed out on by being disobedient? How many times has God wanted to use me in a way to give him glory? And I have completely sidestepped the blessing because I'm choosing to be defiant. The incredible love that God has for us should never be taken for granted. Reading through the entire history of the Israelites, we see so many times that they have walked away from God, that the term that's actually used is that they have forgotten the Lord. And unfortunately, this would be Israel's persistent failure. I mean, it constantly comes and goes. It seems like they were always doing something that was against God's commands and They just wanted to go their own way. But again, this is us. We want God to come running when we call him. But when God whispers to us, leading us one way or another, we completely disregard the voice. What if God did that to us every time that we called or cried out to him to save us? Well, actually, it's probably saving us from ourselves, usually. What if he just decided he didn't want to hear us anymore? 
But the Bible speaks of his unfailing love. And the next king that God put in place was David. And yes, David made a whole lot of mistakes, but so do we. Psalm 103 says, and these are David's words, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Even as unruly, ungrateful children, God still wants to lavish us with his goodness. But there comes a point where we have to be willing to accept the consequences of our choices and the responsibilities of the outcomes. Repentance is something that God calls us to, but it's not for his good, it's for ours. The next time you decide to stomp your feet or throw yourself on the floor and have a hissy fit, Remember, the people crying out for a king. And stop and ask God, what is it that you want? What direction are you leading me in? In case you're wondering, yes, my bangs finally grew out. And yes, my mother was not happy about my personal salon experience. And no, I have never cut my bangs like that since. Thanks for listening today. If you were encouraged, pass it on. For more crazy Bible stories and personal experiences, follow me on Instagram at ChirpCastAmy. Have a great day and I'll catch you next time.